The Future Sport Podcast is brought to you by 3Advance, developers of sports tech apps that are AI-powered and UX-focused. So if you're looking to create some apps for your startup or your sports biz calls for some artificial or business intelligence, you should check out 3Advance. They're incredible. Go to 3Advance.com. That's the number 3Advance.com. Empire. Charting your course in one of the sports that has social distancing built in. When I heard that he's trying to you know, quantify the zone, so to speak, kind of put it more into numbers and data, I got very excited about it. That's Cy Williams, head golf coach at UC Davis, on the implementation of new tech to change the game. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein. Later in the program, you'll hear from Nick Morabito, whose new product, Perfect Swings USA, is here to help baseball players get better during the pandemic. But let's start today with Cy Williams and his assistant slash golf pro, Tyler Raber, on tech advances on the fairways. There are some sports that do implement social distancing. Doesn't mean we can go out and play them just yet, but it's an option, hopefully down the road. Cy Williams is the head coach at UC Davis's golf program, and Tyler Raber is his assistant coach, and they join us now on behalf of the Extreme Performance Lab, which we'll get into in a moment. But first, thank you both for taking the time. I, I know this is unbelievably unusual time on our planet, so thank you for doing this today. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having us. Uh, can we just talk about Cy, just in general, um, the idea that golf is a semi-safe thing to do right now. Like, what what are you talking to your players about in the midst of the coronavirus outbreak? That's a great question. I, I mean, that, the problem is we don't know what safe is. I, this is still all pretty new, and they're learning more and more every day. So, you know, I'm hoping that my players are being extra cautious right now, and I think most of them are probably doing school remotely. I know most of the golf courses are closed where they are. I think there's a couple of courses open in Sacramento. So I, I'm just encouraging my guys to physical distance is a term I heard that I, I kind of like. I, I hope we're all being social with each other. So I hope my guys are staying physically apart from from other people and, and being really smart. The goal would be here to learn learn a lot more about this this virus in the coming weeks and months. We got a lot of smart people on this planet that are going after it so i hope we get a handle on it yeah i mean i read some some articles that were they were trying to describe as golf safe and they're saying okay you're not borrowing anybody's putter don't touch the flag stick you're not getting lunch at the turn the cart girl's gonna have to go away and if you walk or if you take your own cart and you wash it down there seems to be some kind of reasonable idea that, that you could do this you know and and get exercise in and, and stay out on the course but i don't know how you guys feel about that it sure seems like it and and we need something. Everybody needs something to, I mean, we need the, the health benefits of the exercise and the outdoors, and we need the distraction, and, you know, we need the physical activity. So I hope they find a way to do it. I think the problem is, is that everything you said there was was correct. It's just, is everybody going to stay with those guidelines? I don't know. 
let's get into um, to training a little bit here. And and we meant to talk about this without this kind of backdrop to it. Um, but just quickly as an overview for your players or for anybody who's out there who doesn't have the opportunity to get out on the course but wants to hone in on their specific game, can either one of you kind of share what you would be doing on your own in your house to make your game better and get your swing better? I'm going to let the golfer take this one. <laughs> uh, I mean, I can tell you what uh, what I've been trying to do. I, I played a lot of I, I played for Cy and I played for UC Davis from 2008 to 2013, and I played professionally from 2013 to uh, technically now. Technically, I'm still a professional golfer, but uh, haven't traveled as much the last two years since I've been coaching with Cy. You know, I can tell you what I've been doing just to try and stay sharp. There are some golf courses in my area that are open, but, you know, just for my own, uh, you know, health and safety, I haven't been venturing out to them very often. Um, So what I've been doing is just a lot of putting in my own room. You know, most guys these days have training aids they like to use for putting to help them with their alignment, to help them with uh, their eye placement over the ball, Um, you know, stuff like that you can always use in an indoor area, um, regardless of how big or small a space you have. Um, you can always do stuff like that. If you have a room that's big enough to swing a club in, you know, it's always good to just take a, a mirror of some kind and stand in front of it and make some swings, see some different uh, positions. But it, it is hard for sure. It, it, it's certainly uh, not as ideal as being on a golf course or being out on a range and actually being able to see your ball flight and things like that. But, um, you know, there are ways you can sort of get around it, you know, when you're forced to stay uh, indoors. Um, but I, I know that's what I've been doing. I'm sure our players have been doing a lot of the same types of things, you know, in their house. One of our players, like Tom Hutchinson, got a, built some kind of a contraption where you could hit balls into. Another one of our players has ordered a net where he could hit balls into. So... Shane, who's down in Carlsbad, he's been doing a ton of chipping, a lot of chipping around his backyard and in his house even. With him and his dad, he's doing competitions. So they're all trying to figure it out. Yeah, I'm lucky. I'm one of those that has a backyard that's big enough to chip and putt if I wanted to really ruin it and and, and piss off my wife. So I suppose I could do that. <laughs> but at least I could stay in the game a little bit while staying at home. Um, let's get into uh, the Extreme Performance Lab a little bit, which um, which describes itself as keeping uh, players in the zone by using brainwave monitoring points and body source points. Can you guys describe the tech and, and how you guys are utilizing it? Um, yeah, I so I spent most of the time working with the players on this stuff uh, since January when we started the program. Um, it is very interesting. It was, it was a lot of fun to help the guys with it and be able to sit back and sort of watch them go through the process. Um, I mean, it, so the way it starts each day is they, you know, put on, um, you know, again, and I'm not the doctor here, so I don't know the names for all the, the equipment, but the, they put on like their, their brain monitoring cap to start the day and they, you know, play this game where they essentially had to fly the plane with just their brain. So, you know, you open up this program, there's a plane flying through the screen and basically based on how well you focus on the target points on the screen, the plane will fly to these target points and, you know, you get more points for the more amount of time the plane spends online and there are other things on the screen trying to distract you. So, um, the whole idea is, to 
hone your focus and make sure you're focusing on just specific targets or a goal. And, um, you know, you take a break every three minutes, you know, work on your breathing, go back, fly the plane some more. Um, when you finish that, we go into the other metrics, work on your breathing, play some other little games, try to work on your stress levels. But really the main focus was breathing. So the practical application in this stuff that we worked on with XPL is the focus component and then the breathing because those are two huge things for golf. And it was unfortunate that we had to cut the program short. We only really made it about halfway through the program before the lockdown and the NCA season was canceled. And then you have a dead period put, you know, in place by the NCAA. So, you know, we haven't seen our players in, you know, um, and we haven't been able to do any of the XPL training or finish any of the XPL training that we had started back in January. So uh, we're still kind of, you know, waiting to get everybody back and finish the program and, you know, see where, see where we can go from there. That is wild though. What kind of results did you see in the limited amount of time that you had with it when players use this? How did it translate to their games on the course? I mean, I think it's, it's it's hard to say because each of the guys did maybe, you know, seven or eight, maybe they got closer to 10 uh, individual sessions, um, you know, with the XPL and with uh, Dr. Michael and Audrey. And um, so, you know, they were still, we had just gone over, like I think Cy and I talked about this recently, but, you know, we had just gone over their first, um, individual performance evaluations with Dr. Michael like two days before the NCA season was effectively canceled. So, you know, we were started, we were basically just starting to get into a point of, okay, here's where each of your players are at. Here are the things that they're doing well in the training program. Here are the things they're not doing well. Uh, here are some things we can do to help them with some of those weaknesses. Um, you know, here's how we'll adapt the training going forward. And then we never even got into it from there because again, you know, the season was canceled, you know, shortly thereafter. So, um, so I think for the guys, you know, we were sort of just getting to a point where we probably would have started figuring out, okay, now how do we take this training and apply it to the golf course? How do you take what you've learned here to the golf course? Um, and unfortunately we didn't quite get to that point before the season was canceled. So that's why we're excited to hope, you know, get back to some level of normalcy here in the new near future. It, it might end up being, you know, the start of our fall season, but one way or another, you know, to have those five guys, uh, back, you know, in the program and, and finish it or even start over completely. I don't really know if you can pick up where you left off after a, five month break with something like that. But um, just to, to see the program the whole way through and, and get a chance to see how it translates to, to golf, I think is what we're most excited about. So let's talk about it then theoretically, since you, you don't have the results to, to back what you think may or may not have happened. What drew you to the idea of doing this with your team? Um, and why did you think it would help their performance? By my limited run at uh, some mini tour golf. I was working with a coach at Davis on the, the mental side of the sport and, and mental training and journal writing and that kind of stuff. So when Bob approached me about the project, I'd had some background with it and I was very excited about it. I think there's a lot of merit to everything that this program trains you on. And so my boss, 
and I went down to check it out and I sat in the machine and went through it and we discussed it and and I know that it is a very important piece of of competing athletically not just for golf or any sport so that's kind of you know I'd already had my interest peaked about it a little bit and then when when I heard that he's trying to you know quantify the zone so to speak kind of put it more into numbers and data I got very excited about it I want to I want to touch on that object the idea of the zone we hear that all the time I've been a sports broadcaster for a long time have just abjectly used it without really understanding what it is and being in it as a broadcaster and seeing athletes who say they've been in it, none of them seem to know how to get there. Um, are you guys trying to figure out a way so that you know how to put yourself in the zone? I, I think we have a lot of talented players on our team. I think typically UC Davis is going to get some very good people in their program that are probably a little bit less, I would say, developed uh, in a sense. And so our goal is to kind of, our goal is to, speed up that process. So, you know, they're going to learn five, 10, 15 years from now how to get to that point where they can compete better. We, we'd like to speed that up and watch them do it a lot more while they're here at Davis. And so, you know, if there's a way that you can measure the factors that make you get into that zone and then show you that data and say, look, this is, when you do this, here is where you can put yourself to be in a position where you're going to compete better then that's something they can work on replicating on the course. I think that's the whole theory with it. And I think that, I think it's got to work. And I do wonder too, as you guys kind of navigate all of this, like, and you're both are products of this, of how difficult it is, even if you're at an elite level to become a professional at it or a professional that makes cuts every week on any major tour do you guys look at this type of training for your players as something that could be applicable to other facets of life outside of just competing on a golf course? For sure. Yeah, I would think so. When you listen to the pro, I love to listen to interviews with all athletes after performances. And when you listen to pro golfers talk, you'll hear them mention breathing many, many times in interviews. But Tom Watson, I think, was one to say he never learned to win until he learned how to breathe. You know, like Tyler said, we're, we're hoping we can get up, up and going at some point pretty soon and get the training going with the guys because we, we'd love to answer your question, Bram, and yeah. can we see that result on the course and in, in, in the competition? Yeah, well, we'll re- I mean, hopefully the world will open up again. We'll revisit this in a year from now, but, but I'll leave you with this since you guys have mentioned breathing and, and zone and all that. When you all are at your best, um, do you feel like you're in some kind of meditative state? Is that the feeling that you get? Uh, I know when I've played my best golf yeah I mean it's maybe not as much of a uh, meditated state for me but I know there are just some days where things click and you play well and you know you you don't fear you know what's coming next or you know you don't fear making a bogey and throwing off your rhythm or anything you just sort of every hole is another chance to to make a birdie and go one shot lower, one shot lower. And, you know, next thing you know, you shoot seven, eight under something like that, you know? And, um, but then there are other days where, you know, you feel all right, but you're not sure about things. And so you're a little more conservative and you pick smarter targets, you know, less aggressive golf, so to speak. But then there are just some days for whatever reason, you know, the swing feels really good and you're seeing lines on the greens really well. So you're making putts and, um, there's just that you don't have this, 
this fear of the unknown, so to speak, right? You just go out there and you just keep aiming at pins and you hit it close and you make a bunch of birdies and, you know, obviously something bad might happen along the way, but you don't worry about it because the game feels good. And um, I think what's interesting is, you know, I've never really known how to describe something like that or figure out where it comes from. How do you, how do you quantify that type of feeling? And what's interesting about XPL is like, that's their goal, right? Is there, they're trying to explain where that feeling comes from and they're trying to explain how you quantify it and how you could replicate it, which I think is very interesting because for me as a, as a competitive golfer, you know, that's something I've always kind of wondered about. I didn't really understand it, you know, just some days are better than others and that's really the best I had, you know, but um, if you want to compete at a very high level, like you said, and make cuts every week and make money, then that's the feeling you need to be able to replicate uh, quite often. It's a good program for sure. All right. Well, let's leave it there and let's revisit this in a year when hopefully everything is semi back to normal. We're playing golf again. We're competing again. And we can track all of this through the Extreme Performance Lab. Cy Williams and Tyler Raber from the UC Davis Golf Program. Thank you both so much for joining us. Thanks for having us, Bram. Nick Morabito from Perfect Swings USA on a smart bat that could be the answer to improve your launch angles. This is the Future Sport Podcast. The Future Sport Podcast is brought to you by 3 Advance. So let's take a moment to thank our friends at 3 Advance. These guys are ranked one of the nation's top app developers. Their user experience and cloud expertise has helped to grow a bunch of sports tech startups, including Team Builder, T-Box Tour, and In-Game Fantasy. So if you're looking for a development partner to bring your future sport tech to life, look these guys up. Go to 3advance.com. They're the team to make it happen, and advance you will. That's the number three, advance.com, and tell them Future Sports sent you. Well, youth sports got knocked out, and the pandemic has forced a lot of different companies to think about how they're going to service new clients and old teammates as everyone waits for the world to emerge into team sports again. Nick Morabito, the CEO of Perfect Swings USA, has some new products that are launching soon, and he's thinking about the pandemic and how that affects his business. Hey, Nick, how are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Um, let's just start with Perfect Swings USA. What have you guys created? Um, so we have created uh, a couple new products that are going to help uh, revolutionize training for baseball players. Um, our first product that we're launching here come June 1st is called our Swing Pass Trainer. Um, and this is a trainer that will help kids and players take swings over our trainer and get um, self-correcting feedback on every single swing. Um, and then we have a tempo trainer that's going to release uh, later in the year <clears throat> towards the uh, end of summer that's going to help kids have more rhythm and tempo with their swing. Uh, our, our launch got pushed back due to corona, but we're looking forward to actually uh, being able to release product and uh, get our get our product out there to, uh, for kids to get better and coaches to get better. So listen, forward to it. all this stuff obviously started pre pandemic. So what was the problem you guys were looking to solve with your product? Uh, so the, the problem that we were looking to solve is, um, incorrect training. So out there right now <clears throat> with a lot of different products and, uh, products that kids use, there's nothing outside of, you know, using data. It's hard to have, um, 
it's hard to get feedback and know what you're doing incorrectly. With our products, when you take swings, you're getting instant feedback and <clears throat> you change your swing and you change your mechanics based on the feedback you get. So with our product, what happens is when you take swings and you hit part of our, uh, our trainer, you then are more apt to make adjustments after that, right? So as for coaches, you can talk to your blue in the face to tell your kids how to make adjustments or how to make uh, corrections to their swing. And it's, it's hard for players to say to actually act on those kind of uh, corrections. With our, with our swing pass trainer, you, you feel the, the impact and where you're creating problems, and then you're more likely to uh, change and make corrections and then create a habit out of that. Is this pandemic proof? It just it sounds like this is something you can do on your own. Yes, absolutely. So what we're doing and what we're, what we're getting out there right now is this is a great at-home training product. Um, you don't need a coach to be hovering over you to tell you what to do. So this is great at home. It's great for coaches when they have practice. If they have limited coaches and, you know, you're set up four or five stations where you can't have a coach hovering over you, this is a great tool to use um, to know that your kids are going to be getting better while using our swing pad trainer. So, yes, this is great at home if you have limited space. Uh, we also have uh, part of our tee and part of our trainer, we have a dry swing tee topper, so you don't need to be hitting a ball. But there's a target on our training tee that you swing at and focus on to try to hit and make contact with. So you don't even need any space outside of being able to take a swing um, to get better at home. So this is a great tool to use use while, while this pandemic is going on. How are you getting the data? Is it biomechanics? Is it, how are you guys collecting the data to help the training? As of right now, it's just a swing pass trainer. It's all uh, swing driven. So when you take a swing, you will know. So it's a, it's a, a, a board. Our key is built with a, a bunch of different pieces. And when you take a swing, you're either going to know whether it's a good swing or a bad swing by uh, contact or no contact with the board. So if you go online and look at our videos, you'll see that this isn't like any other training tool or, or training key. Um, it, it's built with guide boards and guide bars to help you swing through and stay on plane with the baseball um, or that pitch. And if you hit the guide board or guide bar, you're getting that feedback and you know that that was an incorrect swing or I did something incorrectly during that swing. Um, and then after that, you're trying to make an adjustment to not hit the guide board or guide bar. Um, so this is, again, just self-use and self-coaching yourself, right? So if I take a swing over the board and I hit it, I know that that was incorrect and I got to make an adjustment somewhere to not hit the board. Very cool. Very interesting. And hopefully it helps some kids. So when they emerge from whenever the shutdown ends, they're going to be better players. Nick Morabito is the uh, CEO of Perfect Swings USA. Thanks, Nick. Appreciate it. Thanks, Bram. I appreciate you having me. That will do it for us this week. As always, the future is now. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein. The Future Sport Podcast is brought to you by 3Advance, developers of sports tech apps that are AI-powered and UX-focused. So if you're looking to create some apps for your startup or your sports biz calls for some artificial or business intelligence, you should check out 3Advance. They're incredible. Go to 3Advance.com. That's the number 3Advance.com.